Hey booze, welcome to Crime and Spirits, your one-stop shop for handcrafted cocktails, spooky stories, and all things true crime. I am your resident bartender, Suze, and I'll be teaching you all a new drink recipe at the beginning of each of our episodes. And I'm Bree, drinker of the drinks, and I write the stories we tell. So, what should you expect while listening to us? Well, good question. There's going to be some swearing. Oh, a lot of swearing. Probably some rambling. Definitely rambling. And most likely a lot of off-topic pop culture references. We specialize in Bob's Burgers and maybe Always Sunny. Definitely. But what do you want from us? We're going to be drinking. And hopefully you will be too. So come hang out with us each week. And if you want to spend more time with us, check out the description for the link to all of our socials. Let's buckle up buttercups and sip tight. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, it's Bree. it's Suze. Welcome back to another episode of Crime and Spirits. We appreciate you joining us. Hey, hey, hey. Back in action for another crazy week to talk about a crazy case. It is, this one is crazy. <laughs> You've heard of it. Once we start, you'll be like, oh yeah, that one. Because it's literally me every mm-hmm. time Suze suggests a case. <laughs> Pretty much all oh, the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I heard about that one. So, without further ado, we're just going to get into it. Heck yeah. This evening, we are going to discuss the crazy astronaut lady, Lisa Nowak. And one thing you guys know about us is that we love adult cartoons. Mm-hmm. And there is a show that wrongly got canceled. I was so heartbroken, y'all. This yeah. was like, this. maybe that's where I got y'all from. <laughs> maybe. Stop it's it. It's called Bless the Hearts. If you are a listener and you know this show, you have to tell us so we can talk about it. It's true. It's on Hulu. If not, go out and watch go it watch right it. now. It's hilarious. We're begging you. But there, this woman gets referenced a handful of times by one of the characters. So this is just, she gets called the crazy astronaut lady in the show. She may not be crazy, she's a a lady, and she was an astronaut, (laughs) so at least we're sort of correct here, right? So, I mean, crazy maybe a little bit, because this woman is notorious for driving halfway across the United States and attempting to kidnap her affair partner's new girlfriend, Colleen Shapiro. Shipman. Yeah. Shapiro. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) We're making stuff up. Just kidding. Uh... (laughs) This is all based on It's been a week, you guys. I haven't been working since Mark's surgery, and so I just don't even know what day or or time time it is is anymore. When Sue shows up to do podcast things, that's like basically how I've been marking. How you mark the days. (laughs) Scratch them on the wall. Pretty much. So, this case is on the lighter side of things, only in the sense that no one was like physically hurt by the end of it. There might not be murder in this story, but there is mayhem. And by the end of it, someone's life was impacted forever by the choices made by Lisa. I feel multiple lives. We can yes. definitively say multiple lives That's were affected fair. here. That's <laughs> very fair. So as is tradition, before we get into things, Suze is going to teach us how to make an out-of-this-world cocktail fitting for our discussion tonight. See what she did there? You see? Just you so see? we're clear, those puns are just going <laughs> to keep coming the whole entire time. Yeah. So you better buckle up. <laughs> Probably going to get a little weird. It's time. Um, so, technically, we're talking space this week. I mean, sort of, kind of. Anyways, um, <laughs> some folks actually call space the cosmos. So, we're making our own twist on a classic cosmo. Mm, I love a classic cosmo. I was like, my brain was like exploding trying to figure out something that was sparkly or swirly or crazy. And I was like, whoa, bro, just do a cosmo. <laughs> And Bree's been wanting a Cosmo, mm-hmm. so it's like the fates have aligned yet again in our in our 
Yeah. Favor. I like it. Um, so, technically, a Cosmo is a cosmopolitan. Yes. It is traditionally vodka, lime juice, triple sec, and cranberry juice. However, we are going to get a little fancy with it, because you know how we like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Cosmo is technically a martini-ish kind of deal. It's, you serve it in a martini glass. It's a cocktail. Real martinis <laughs> are just booze with more booze in them. And then booze, like, room to On top booze. of it, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you prefer, you can also make this drink over ice. It is actually very good that way. It's basically like a vodka cranberry just with a little zhuzh going on. Um, again, you can adjust the recipe here based on your glassware. This is just, we're working with a standard martini glass here. Yeah. So, um... Also, if you can't find the vodka we are using, because you know I like to buy weird shit, any <laughs> vodka would work. I would, however, recommend a citrus family flavor, personally. All right, <laughs> let's get into it. So, <clears throat> I was at the liquor store browsing, as I like to do, for the <laughs> podcast and just for myself. But I found it's a Smirnoff Cucumber Lime Zero Sugar Added Vodka. Say that seven times That's fast. a lot of words. It is so freaking good. Mm-hmm. And it was on sale, so I bought it because, you know, I will use it for something at some point, right? It works really good in this drink, so just, if you don't believe me, just test it out. Come on, guys. I was, she brought the liquor <laughs> over earlier this week just to keep everything at, we record at my place. And um, I tried it, just like a little shot, just a little shoddy, and it was really good. Even by itself. Mm-hmm. Which I, I was very unsure when she first told me this. I was like, oh, okay. I guess uh-huh. we'll see. <laughs> trust the process. Trust the process. I, I trusted you. So you're dumping everything into your chilled martini glass at the end. So you want to get your shaker tin. You know your trusty little shaker tin. <laughs> Fill it with ice. Do an ounce and a half of the vodka. If it's not the Smirnoff cucumber lime, whatever vodka, toss it on in there. Um, Next up, you do a half an ounce of triple sec. We are using the Montezuma brand because that is what we have. Yeah. (laughs) That will probably last forever. It is an alcoholic one. They do make non-alcoholic if whatever. You can get it at Walmart. I know I've seen it there. Mm -hmm. Um, After the triple sec, add in a quarter ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice. Dependent on the size of your limes, because I had monstrous limes, (laughs) I thought it would be a whole lime. It was not. It was one half of a lime was all that was required <laughs> to squeeze. You can also use the bottled stuff, but again, I'm just telling you fresh squeezed is better, in it my really opinion. It really is. It makes such a difference. It does. Um, then a half an ounce of simple syrup. We all know how to make that. If you don't, just let me know. I've got the <laughs> recipe for you. I can walk you through it. And then one ounce of cranberry juice. Again, dependent on your glassware. This could be more or less, but you don't want to adjust the lime juice or the simple syrup or the triple sec because it'll make it taste weird. So I would recommend yeah. adding more of the cranberry juice. That makes sense. Um, and then you just shake it up. You strain it into your glass that's already chilled. Um, The fastest way to chill a martini glass is with club soda and ice cubes. However, if you have the time, just throw some water in there with it. Ain't no thing. It'll still get cold. Um, And then we garnished our glass with a baby cucumber slice and a little lime wedge because we fancy. Fancy. Um, We did try edible glitter, but it was a fail. (laughs) It was a hard fail it was a fail in the sense that it did not do what you wanted it to do it did not but in the picture that we got of the drink it it does look pretty i guess kind of cool and i mean it fits the theme still i envisioned like a swirly galaxy kind of edible glitter this was basically like sugar that was sparkly so now there's a challenge so i I see you amazon prime how dare you (laughs) But I know I can find better edible glitter. I'll put it in something at some point. Don't you guys worry. (laughs) 
All right, so Brie, give the drink a, just give it a sip. Let me know. Let me know what you think. I think it's phenomenal. Oh. Right? Oh, that's good. The cucumber kind of is like really refreshing in this beverage. It is. It almost feels like it should be a mojito, but it's not because cucumbers don't go in that. But you could put it in a mojito. You could. You could put that vodka in a mojito too. However, I really am digging it in this This is good. I think we found our new favorite cocktail. Mm-hmm. We say that every time. I know, They're right? also delicious. But we do actually remake some of them sometimes mm-hmm. when we're doing our administrative duties. So it's, it's been true. working out good so far. I have, like, a whole assortment. I have a whole bar. My landlord <laughs> looks at me every time he has to come in, like, Probably like, do growing. we have a problem here? <laughs> I mean, I like it, but I told yeah. him that we were going to eventually put it on a YouTube channel, and he was like, oh, okay, that's fine, and didn't even think twice. So there we go. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. All right, so with cocktail in hand, let's sip tight. We're going to get into this crazy space story. Yeah, so this, you guys. On February 5th of 2007, Lisa Nowak stalks Colleen Shipman at the Orlando, Florida International Airport. At approximately 3.30 that afternoon, Colleen is making her way to the parking area when she senses that she's being followed. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, and you know what, with... You have that feeling. That creepy that feeling. Like, like the hairs you. on the back of your mm-hmm. neck stand up kind of thing. I don't like, like you it. you know. So she hauls ass and gets into her car just moments before Lisa catches up with her. Lisa is losing it. Slapping the window, trying to open the car door, begging for a ride, and is crying hysterically. Colleen, for whatever reason, rolls the window down slightly. This is the point in the movie where everybody's yelling at them. Like, right. what are you doing? Don't do it. <laughs> This is the perfect opening for Lisa, and she begins to pepper spray Colleen in the face. I don't like it. Yeah. Lisa had very nefarious intentions here. She wanted to hurt this woman, or at the very least, like, scare the shit out of her. And before this moment, Lisa was a decorated naval officer and an astronaut for NASA. A fucking astronaut, y'all. Like, what? So what the actual fuck happened to make a seemingly well-adjusted and successful woman completely snap? Was she overwhelmed by literally everything happening to her in, like, a two-week time span? And it just was too much? Or did she just not handle rejection well? We're going to dig into her life and the events leading up to Colleen Shipman's attack, and we're going to see what exactly about this love triangle thing made her her go nuts. (laughs) We'll use the word snap. Um, So I think, especially in my opinion, what's crazy about this case is that Lisa didn't show any outward signs of having this capability for, like, crazy murderous intent. Um, ever. Like nothing. Ever. All the way back to her childhood, she was regarded as a bright and talented young girl. She was born Lisa Marie Caputo, (laughs) May 10th, 1963, in Washington, D.C. Her parents, Alfred and Jane, were a computer consultant and a teacher, respectively. They went on to have two more daughters, and they would raise all of the girls in, from what I can tell, a very stable household Mm -hmm. in Rockville, Maryland. Uh, when Lisa was six, she watched the 1969 launch of the Apollo 11 moon mission, as did pretty much all of America. Yeah. I feel was... like that was like, if you weren't watching that, what were you, or listening to it on the radio, like, yeah. what were you even doing with your life? <laughs> right, exactly. Nothing good. Um, from that moment on, however, she had an ever-growing interest in the space program, um, which, you know, back in the day, ladies did not go to space or, no. you know. 
granted, although there is that movie, Hidden Figures, that's all about ladies figuring out how to get astronauts into space. It's just none of them were allowed to go into space. Hmm. Isn't that usually how it goes, though? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she, however, <laughs> focused a lot of her attention on the moment in 1978 when NASA finally was like, hey, come on down, ladies. Let's go, let's, ladies. Let's be astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they said they were going to allow them, I feel like, doesn't necessarily mean they were shooting them up to space. Right. Because even still, there's very few women astronauts. Foreshadowing. Right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, Lisa was a very bright girl, and she was definitely determined to reach for the stars. <laughs> she knew by her junior year that she wanted to be an astronaut, and she began working towards that goal pretty much immediately. She, oh my gosh, I just like choked on my own spit. <laughs> <laughs> Got too excited there. Oh man, sorry guys. <laughs> um, Alright, starting over. So she Woo. got accepted into Brown University, which is an Ivy League school based in Rhode Island, and she also got into the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis. And Lisa ultimately decided to stay in Maryland and attend the U.S. Naval Academy. Women were finally allowed to attend the academy in 1976, and Lisa figured this would be the best way to get her to her end goal which is astronaut. She would have had a bit of a... Wow, I'm losing it today. She would have had a bit of a rough go. Unfortunately, women were still subjects to harassment at the academy. And still probably are. Oh, yeah. 100%. This one example that we saw, there was a male professor who felt the need to just occasionally state, like, from out of nowhere, it seemed, that he did not believe that women belonged in the Navy. Asshole. And at the time of this taking place, um, women only made up 6% of the entire student body versus 28% in 2020. Still not good, but I mean, better. It's not really surprising, but I just, it makes you wonder what the reason is. They don't, if you could go to a prestigious Ivy League school over being harassed daily at the Naval Academy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an easy choice. Most women would choose, you know what I mean, to go to Brown University. But even back in that time, I feel like you had your own issues. Being a woman is just difficult no matter what you do. It's hard enough as it is, let alone (laughs) even farther back than now, you know. Right. Uh, Lisa did, however, God bless her soul, wind up earning a bachelor's degree in aeronautical engineering on May 22nd, 1985. And she was commissioned by the U.S. Navy upon graduation. Her entry rank was an ensign, a.k.a. junior officer. Keep in mind, uh, none of this means anything to me. These are just <laughs> words. I, like, junior officer, I don't even know what that means. I think so it's you're just not like, like a big fancy officer? Yeah. You're like a lesser officer? I think it's basically just like an entry rank. I think it would be the equivalent of saying that they're an entry-level employee. Well, because, you know like, I mean? in the Army, they have privates, you yeah. know, and lieutenants and all that kind of stuff. Not that I know how that hierarchy but works like, either. But yeah, <laughs> I think that each branch kind of has their own kind of Words for things that are the same. Will. Yeah. Um, so she's a junior officer, whatever the fuck that means, <laughs> on the Ellington Air Force Base in Texas. The post only lasted for six months. This base was technically a branch of the Johnson Space Center, um, which is where human spaceflight training, research, and flight control all took place. Uh, Lisa began to work as an aerospace engineer, 
And during her time working there, she was a part of six shuttle launches. She wasn't on the shuttles, but she helped get them to space, which is still kind of a big deal. I mean, you have to be a very smart human to be able to I can't do even any of this. We don't even know what a junior officer yep. is. Yep. So, I mean, that's I don't even at. know what that means. So, <laughs> cool. <laughs> After this, Lisa had to report to the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida. She was going to start flight training. At this time in history, yet again, women were still not allowed to be in combat-based assignments. And this meant that half the jobs available in the Navy were not even open to Lisa as, like, an option at all. That's so sad and stupid. Yeah. Because we're too emotional. <laughs> yeah, we're the emotional ones. That's... <laughs> That name, must be the problem. Name a war that's been started by a woman. Yeah. Don't worry. Mm. I'll wait. Mm. <laughs> um, so basically, she ends up qualifying as a naval flight officer in June of 1987 and continued her training and preparation for flying electronic warfare aircrafts at Quarry Station. So that, I believe, is like things that collect intel and mm -hmm. just sort of fly remotely. I Googled that. And you, is that I, what it from was? From what I understood. Now, that granted, was what I got from it also. <laughs> take all of our explanations of these things with a grain of salt because I, I'm not an idiot by any means, but like I don't understand. After the sixth link that I was like, I don't know what this is, and yeah. I clicked on, I was like, I don't think I can click on these anymore <laughs> because I'm going to be lost in like figuring out what all this terminology FBI is. FBI is going to be very concerned about my Google they're history. They're already sort of worried. I can, I'm sure I'm flagged somewhere. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> this is why. <laughs> right? So, during all of this time, Lisa starts dating this man by the name of Richard T. Nowak. Novak? Nowak? Nowak. Nowak. The couple ties the knot on April 6, 1988 at the Naval Academy Chapel, which... My cousin got married at the Air Force has a chapel also Yeah. to her husband, and it was beautiful, and all these men had their, you know, with your dress uniform, you have, like, the swords, and they made a little thing for them oh. to walk under. It was beautiful. It was in Virginia Beach. I mean, I've heard that these ceremonies can be pretty much, like, they're, they're just like any other wedding, and they could be as complicated or as simple or as, as you want not, them to yeah. be. Um, so the two moved to California. Eventually, uh, Lisa qualifies as a mission commander and electric warfare lead. This means, basically, that she'll be able to coordinate and lead electronic attacks, electronic protection, and offer support with electronic warfare. Because, again, that was when everything was like, we're just going to fly by remote. I just envision remote planes, but <laughs> yeah. giant and with bombs It's like or that something. episode of Bob's Burgers where they all buy, like, the... The drone things. Helicopters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to write a review. That's <laughs> Just kidding. It's like that, but like way more serious. Right. We're laughing, but they could like blow us up right mm -hmm. now. Um, Lisa ultimately decides to continue her education in 1990. Two years later, not only would she graduate with a master's in aeronautical engineering, which is a big mother trucking deal from what right. I can mm -hmm. tell. Um, but she also gives birth to her first child, a baby boy. I mean, this woman literally has it all right now. Yeah, and, like, you guys might be asking yourselves, why are they talking about all of this? Um, the thing that makes this case really interesting is that all of this stuff, like, all she was so successful. She did all of these things. She was literally checking every single mm -hmm. box to be a NASA astronaut. Right. And then all of a sudden it was just like, kapoo. Yeah. Which you'll see. We'll get to. Don't and you like, worry. I think that it's, 
I mean, as you guys know by now, like, what interests Suze and I is, like, the why behind the crimes and, like, why they're committed. And this is part of that. So, like, we're just happened to be in a situation where instead of them having, like, a completely tortured home life, this is somebody who had the complete opposite but still did something really fucking cuckoo bananas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of, like, where we're at with that. And also, anytime I had to Google something, I added that little fact into our script for the most part because I figured if I need to know, maybe you'd like to you know. You all need to know also. I just need to know all the things, and so I'm taking you guys on that journey with me. Welcome. <laughs> uh, so Lisa wanted desperately to attend the U.S. Naval Pilot School in Maryland. She finally gets accepted after her sixth time applying. That's six, like five, six. I can only imagine how hard it would be get to get into that, let alone if you're a woman yeah, type status, you know what I mean? She's at the point in her career now where everything that she's doing is extremely competitive, and she already has one mark against her because, you know, of her lady bits. Right. And all that jazz. Not even anything she chose, so mm-hmm. weird. So she graduates in June of 94, and while working in Maryland, Lisa has the opportunity to participate in the development of a couple aircrafts. Um, One specifically that she did was the VA-18 Hornet. There was another one called the EA-6B Prowler, and I looked up what the Hornet was. So it's a twin-engine, supersonic, all-weather, carrier-capable, multi-role combat jet. Uh-huh. It was designed as both a fighter and an attack aircraft. Wee. Yeah, so an attack aircraft is designed primarily for air-to-surface missions, and a fighter aircraft is designed primarily for air-to-air combat, but also for ground attack missions. So it sounds like this time she was getting her hands on projects that had like, like physical attacks, physical warfare, things like that. That's what I took it as. That sounds right. I don't know. I've been to the... I was in Dallas. We had like nine hours to kill before we were flying somewhere. So they have a whole museum just full of old planes. Oh, that's cool. And like there's one of the stealth bomber Mm. planes. There's Mm -hmm. just so many cool planes. I don't know an FA-18 Hornet (laughs) from a FEA 6B Prowler. But like there's some that are just cut out to be like... Mm-hmm. It was cool. My papa was really into space and NASA and like airplanes and all this kind of stuff. He dragged my grandmother to every air show <laughs> that ever happened. We have, we technically have an international airport. We fly to Canada. It's no big deal. <laughs> I don't guys. even think we do anymore. We used to before Pro- the pre-pandemic. So private planes fly to and from Canada. There so you go. I believe that's why we qualify. We only qualify because we, we have, have one flight. <laughs> We have two, like, two flights a day here yeah. in Erie, so. So, my papa was, like, really into all this stuff, and so she, I got to be in the history, the natural history museum at the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. and I, like, jetted over to the space science one, and got to see some cool things, but. Yeah, I don't know. even remember which museum we were at. It was a Smithsonian, because it was free, but it's mm-hmm. literally four. 47 airplane hangars hooked together mm. and they just have some planes suspended up above some are sitting on the ground like they have some from world war ii maybe it wasn't i don't know it was, it was the near the place. airport mm-hmm. i, I was know. in high school so that was like I don't a know lifetime where, ago i don't know when point, i travel so. internationally i'm like i don't know where we're at i don't even care it sounds great uh-huh. let me right have now. a sangria okay bye <laughs> so throughout her naval career lisa would have the chance to fly in at least 
30 different aircrafts, and she logged over 1,500 hours of flight time. That's really cool. It's By the really way. Cool. I have a friend of mine who was learning how to fly airplanes. She put it on pause because she's going to move to Australia because she's so fancy and smart and wonderful. Jealous. And, we're jealous. Right? Well, Take now we can go visit. You. I know, right? And, um, but she was, she showed me a picture of her flying a plane and it's like the coolest thing. I'm way too terrified of heights to even think about it, but. Oh, I'm good. Especially the little ones. I'll ride in a plane. Sounds great. Give me my wine Give me and my sangria. supper. Thanks. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> so in addition to some impressive stats, she was also awarded three medals from the Navy. They all basically mean she did good things for the Navy. I have all the explanations, but it's wordy and it's. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not she won necessary. three medals, and that's that in and of itself is really great. That's a significant accomplishment for sure. Mm-hmm. So now Lisa is on a direct path to achieving the one thing that she wants most in her life, which is becoming an astronaut and flying into outer space. So June 15, 1995, NASA makes an announcement stating that they are going to be selecting a new group of astronauts. Lisa, of course, is like third in line like let me get that application girl i applied yesterday thank you right so first your application is submitted to a review board for approval and once granted it will be forwarded on to nasa they received over 2400 applicants and only chose 150 highly qualified candidates to move on to the next step Um, It was about six months worth of anxious waiting, but Lisa was chosen to participate in interviews and medical evaluations, which was basically the next part of that process. Right, so all that time and she didn't even get to, like, know yet. Right. It wasn't until May 1st, 1996 that NASA makes another announcement, which introduces the newest class of astronauts to the public. There were 10 new pilots and 25 mission specialist candidates, and this is the group that Lisa was in. So there was 35 humans chosen in total. This was the largest group NASA had seen since 1978. Which was, wasn't that coincidentally the first year that women were allowed? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How strange. So weird. Let me scratch my head. So weird. <laughs> uh, Lisa and her family moved to Texas and they built a home in Clear Lake City. Her husband landed a job as a space communication contractor and worked in the Johnson Space Center. More specifically, he was a flight controller at Mission Control. His background, he'd been a naval flight officer previously. Despite leaving active duty in 98, he would continue to fly in the U.S. Naval Reserve. So they basically just went to work together. He would head off to mission control, and she would go off to do her astronaut training. And you guys, I don't know if you know what astronaut training entails. It's freaking crazy (laughs) what they put them through. Yeah. I get it, though. I get mm-hmm. it. but I'm thankful for it, but, like, Whoa. holy crap. So they have to go through, like, all this survival training, which is just super hardcore. No, and they have you. to go through, like, different kinds of terrains and be like outside. Like hot and, and cold and outdoors and desert and mm-hmm. mountains and blah, blah, And blah, really blah, put blah, their bodies blah, through it. Blah, blah. They took a three-day trip to the Grand Canyon to study geology. Which it's rocks. I She put that in her notes, and it just made me laugh out loud. Well, because... You're looking, I mean, it's cool. I have yeah. a friend who majored in geology. I it's think it's awesome. fascinating. Yeah. I want to know more, but, like, I don't want to sit in the Grand Canyon for three days in a tent and do it, I don't think. I like them, but not like that. My friend Emmy has, I don't know if it's what is technically considered, but she is living out, basically, in the Grand Canyon right now and working for the Park Service, mm-hmm. and it's super cool, and I think of her. I thought of her immediately. So, Emmy, if you're listening, hi. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, so, 
in addition to those things, they also had to do a shit ton of classwork and they had to study the workings of the shuttles like systems or computer systems, how they operate, the ins and outs. Well, and I feel like it's like everybody needs to know, they need to be specifically trained in like one small part mm -hmm. to the point where they have it memorized, but they need to know literally every other thing that happens. Well, yeah, because what if an emergency happens? Like, what if somebody like passes I've out? seen Apollo 13. I know what happens. <laughs> I know how this goes. The best part is that they have to ride the vomit comet. <laughs> this made me laugh out loud. Now, I mean, a lot of people, this hasn't been in pop culture a lot, but it's actually true. This is something that actually happens. So they have to do this, they have to ride this plane, the Bowen KC-135 Stratotanker, and it flies a trajectory that gives the sensation of being in space, and it also makes you just throw up everywhere. <laughs> Like everywhere. Can you just imagine everybody just in the body of a plane so, just puking <laughs> everywhere? That, in my head, is what's happening. There's an episode of Archer where they have to, like, the whole, like, spy crew has yeah. to go, like, undergo astronaut training. Yeah. And they do the whole vomit comet thing. And in, in I cartoon animation. The vomit that ensues. It's, it's really, it's, Graphic? it's a lot to see. But it's hilarious. I love it. So even though Lisa is preparing to head into space, she still is like, let us have more children. Yes. October of 2001, she gives birth to twin girls. I do not remember if it was IVF or not. I, I believe. I can't remember. I seem to remember there was some difficulties happening, but I could be mistaken. She had a couple miscarriages throughout yeah, her there, Which, life. again, put a pin in that mm -hmm. because that's not fun. Nope. Um... So, Lisa and her husband set up a work schedule. So, basically, someone is always home with the children. They're basically just working alternate shifts. So, they're basically, like, two ships in the night that really at this sucks. point. Especially with three toddlers. Well, and, like, from a romantic relationship point of view, that had to have been hard. Don't leave me alone with three toddlers. Also, for very one. But, yes, also. Also, <laughs> Bree's point. <laughs> Um, however, everything cannot last forever like this. Richard is recalled to active duty the next year, so that's 2002. Uh, in response to the 2001 September 11th attacks, the U.S. participated in several counterterrorism operations, one of which being Operation Enduring Freedom. We all know that mm -hmm. one. Which is the mission that Richard is recalled to. Um, this effectively made Lisa a single parent, but... Because she pulls herself up, she's determined to she's, make this work. Because she's a crazy astronaut lady. Well, and so there's a there's being driven, and then there's like, oh dear God, what the fuck are you doing? Wait, are you okay? We're sort of borderline, like, oh my God, what the fuck are you right. doing right now? <laughs> we are territory. Getting We're concerned. getting there. So NASA announces the crew that would participate in the next scheduled mission on December twelfth, two thousand two. Mind you. Like, her husband just left for a tour in a, another country, basically an act of war. She's and got one-year-old twins, and her boy is, like, what, three or four? Something like that. <laughs> He's, like, 75 months. Bye. <laughs> I don't want to know how many months I am. I did the calculation one time. I don't... Why would you do that to yourself? Because I thought it was funny. <laughs> it Was it? It was, because I'm going to do a, like, I'm 487,000 months old. Oh, my God, let's do it. <laughs> Next birthday. Um, so there was a total of seven crew members, three of which were Lisa's classmates. 
When the space shuttle initially launched on January 16, 2003, a piece of foam approximately 21 to 27 inches long and 12 to 18 inches wide broke off from the left bipod. This would prove to be fatal upon reentry. Columbia was scheduled to re-enter the atmosphere on February 1st as the shovel shovel as the shuttle descended to Earth. The orbiter actually broke apart over Texas. And this so it's really sad because this incident ended up taking the lives of all seven astronauts. And by 9.35 that morning, all of the debris had impacted the ground, which basically means that it all crashed. Well, I, so I am old, but I remember watching footage of the space shuttle with Sally Ride that blew mm -hmm. up on the way because everybody was watching that in all yeah. of the classrooms across America and watched all of those people die. Yeah. I'm going to assume it was even more broadly broadcasted well, at yeah, this point. yeah, especially at this point. And I don't know any of these people and I'm still like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. It's, it's crazy. Yes. Um, so actually, it turns out because there were three classmates of Lisa's on that space shuttle, one of the deceased was a very close friend of Lisa's. Um, she did not take the news well. Not at all. Um, so her husband's gone. She's a single parent to three children. She just lost a close friend. What does she do? She steps into the role of personal casualty assistance officer for Laurel Clark, which is her friend's family. Um, this meant that Lisa was basically now responsible for notifying the family of the service member's passing and for ensuring any of the survivor's immediate needs were being met. So she was basically like a liaison. Pretty much. Kind of like, what can I do for you kind of thing. I watched this um, short little YouTube video. Um, I always like to kind of watch a documentary or something just because they often have like quotes and things that... I watch a lot of YouTube stuff. I know that's I watched, not necessarily great, but... I, I watch too much, more than I should admit to and this one guy he was playing a like an audio clip of the husband of laurel clark okay basically saying that lisa did everything like he and his family did not have to lift a single finger which is amazing for them well, and that's what you need in those moments. But I feel as though she's just compartmentalizing all of the things that are going wrong right So now. a big part of the reason, like we mentioned earlier, we're doing all of this background talk because, like, we're kind of starting to see things compound and compound. Thing, things are fracturing here. It's not mm -hmm. like the perfect crystal that it was right. or started out or as. Or even, I mean, it's one of those things, like, was there a crack in the foundation always? Right. Is these things just exacerbating it? Who knows? Um, so like Bree said, basically, Lisa did everything for Laurel's husband and his children. She filed all the proper paperwork with the Navy. She planned the funeral. She basically did everything, everything for mm -hmm. them. So we're going to fast forward to January of 2004. Lisa participated in a cold weather survival training course. It was to take place in Quebec, Canada, and last for 11 days. No. It's motherfucking cold up there. It is. I took a school trip once to Montreal and Quebec. I also don't... I wasn't taking French. I just wanted to go. God <laughs> bless my mom. She was like, sure, sounds great. <laughs> it was cold. We ate maple syrup. They made candy. Maple syrup, they just dumped it onto snow. <laughs> it was delicious. It came right out of the tree over there. <laughs> that sounds great. It was so cold. So this group of people, they had four days of instruction, and then they were just dropped off in the middle of the wilderness. 
That sounds like a nightmare that I have. Sue's literally wrote her notes, no thank you, <laughs> in, in parentheses. Because every now and then when there's something that I'm like, no fucking way. I like have to have my comment that's like, her I'm not guess. doing that. No thank no, you. <laughs> you literally could not pay me enough money. to. Mm-hmm. You can't pay me enough money to go like regular camping, let alone. I don't mind regular camping, but mm. there's motherfucking bears out there. What what do they drop me off with? Nothing? I, I, it I feel appears... like they have like a pocket knife and a tarp or something. It's and very like, minimal. I couldn't, I tried to see, I did like a surface search just to see if there was anything that like what to prepare with. And You know the military's not going to give up all their well, secrets. And basically, <laughs> like, well, well, there's people that go and do this kind of stuff like for leisure also. So I was just trying to see if I could find anything and it was all pretty much just like a backpack of like your belongings and like survival a granola bar and, and a water filter things probably <laughs> like that pretty much um so lisa was not alone thank, thank god goodness there were several other astronauts there one of whom mm-hmm. was william offlin aka mm-hmm. billy o i like the billy o yeah that's how he's referred to as in the rest of the script ain't no way i'm saying that last name <laughs> 75 more times these two little humans they would get quite cozy while they tried to navigate the frozen tundra together i'm making an ew face she is (laughs) um so when these two returned home from training they began to spend a lot of time together Mm. i believe lisa's husband was still gone or he was i couldn't find anything definitive he might have been home but who the frick knows Um, i don't think it mattered to lisa at this point they literally made no attempt to hide out, like, hide any of it. None because of it. it was turning into, like, a weird, passionate, sexual thing. Yeah. Yeah. It got, it got, it gets weird. It, you think <laughs> it's weird now. <laughs> Apparently, this is a big no-no in the military because both were serving naval officers at the time. Um, they could have been charged with, and I quote, because it's important, Conduct unbecoming of an officer and a gentleman, end quote. Because there's a movie mm-hmm. that's called that. Yes. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> what if it's a gentle woman? Just right. sneak that right in there. Well, women don't belong in the Navy, Suze. We've already <sighs> talked about God that. forbid we rewrite the antiquated rules that exist. What? I don't know. That's absurd. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. Without I, laughing out loud. I can't even loud, pretend right? that, I, that that's disagree. for real. Um, So, unfortunately, at this time, obviously, we know Lisa is married, but Billy is also married. Um, Mm -hmm. She eventually finds some pretty provocative emails from Lisa and figures out exactly what her husband has been up to. Uh, She doesn't like it. I would (laughs) not either. She files for divorce in February of 2005, and it's finalized in May, so that's like everybody just signed on the dotted line. See you later, bye. It's the military, and it's NASA, and they get a lot of red tape removed, I think, in these kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. From what I read and from what I understood, Billy and his wife were already, like... Having difficulties. Having a lot of difficulties and could also possibly have been separated. Oh, okay. By the time, or at least on their way to still separation. Not cool, but so still not, yeah, still not all right because whatever. he's still technically married. But like, I feel like in this situation, Lisa made a graver betrayal. Right. If that makes sense. Right. It sure do. Um, so after the divorce is finalized, Billy O moves into a new apartment, bright and shiny. He promptly gives Lisa a key. Hmm. 
Um, she was over so frequently that she actually became recognizable to other tenants, and she had a lot of personal items that were actually left at his apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So back before Lisa starts acting a fool, <laughs> she gets named as a mission specialist on the STS-121 crew. This was announced by NASA in December of 2003. The mission's purpose was to deliver some equipment and supplies to the International Space Station, a.k.a. ISS. As well as in school suspension. When I saw that at first, that's what I went like my brain went to, and I was like, "What is this?" And I literally googled it, and I felt so stupid. I was like, "Why did I not?" Just I was like, I, I reread my notes, and I was like, "Ooh, I should have spelled out." No, what no, that no. Was. I should have known. I should have not been an idiot in the moment, but it's okay. I a lot of times, like if I'm not feeling creative, I like smoke or have a glass of wine and then I'll write. No judgment. <laughs> Which is just how we get the creative juices flowing. So, in addition to the delivery, they were also supposed to test new repair protocols and technologies that were put into place after the Columbia disaster. Which was the one that her friend passed right. away on. And mm-hmm. I will give NASA all of the credit. Like, when things like this happened, I mean, it's unfortunate that, like, every... Unfortunately, these mistakes that are made, they're, they're generally fatal. They're catastrophic, though. Right. It's not just... Nobody's getting out with, you know, losing a limb or something. Everybody right. is just blown into oblivion. There's right. no body. There's no ashes. There's no nothing. Like, not even... It's vaporized. It's just gone. But I will... S- I've seen throughout this research, at least, that NASA was very quick to respond into, like, okay, so how do we figure out how, how to, to not fix this? have this happen again? Right. So, the mission was scheduled for early spring of 2005, but had to be postponed for over a year. They actually found a problem with the shuttle. The same problem, in fact, that caused the Columbia shuttle crash in the first place. Girl, I'll happily wait, I don't know, forever if it means I'm not going to become just dust. Like, you know what, on second thought, (laughs) thank you, but no thank you, I'm going to pass. Yeah, no. So eventually, this brings us to, in my opinion, I was like, oh, this is such the, this is the most exciting part of the story. For and sure. happy, I think. Everything yeah. else aside. After, after this, it's a lot of the doom and gloom It's all downhill. Things, mm-hmm. so. so the shuttle Discovery was eventually successfully launched on July 4th, America of um, <laughs> 2006. Uh, Lisa was charged with using the robotic arm to inspect the spacecraft using cameras and laser scanning. That sounds cool. So official. So cool. Uh Um, She did carry out her assigned tasks, but showed reluctance to do anything that was not explicitly assigned to her, which, I don't know, she's always been such a go-getter. This seems weird to me. Yeah. Um, She also wouldn't help with anything that she was not fully trained for, and all in all, frustrated most of her fellow crew members. Um, I would like to note this part pisses me off. <laughs> I specifically gave you this part uh, of the script because <laughs> I'm filled with rage. Um, women were not considered for spacewalks at this time, and there were several done on this trip. So Lisa's literally up in space in the motherfucking outer space in the cosmos. She can't go out. No. Mm-hmm. But but tell them why. So you know, do you want to know why? why? Because apparently <clears throat> NASA had previously eliminated all small size spacesuits. What? Yeah. How do you know there's not a small man that would like to spacewalk? <laughs> the fuck? Because NASA. men aren't small. NASA, Suze. how rude. Hello. <gasps> 
You think manly you want ma- their- only manly men go to space. <laughs> <laughs> Filled with rage. <laughs> By the time it was all said and done, the crew spent a total of 12 days, 18 hours, and 36 minutes out in space, and they traveled, you guys, 5 million miles. That's wild. That's fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Um, This discovery did wind up, obviously, having a safe landing on July 17th at the shuttle landing facility at the Kennedy Space Center, which is in Florida, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm pretty sure. I think the other one is Johnson Space Center or something in Texas. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where all the yeah, because I think Mission Control is in Texas. Everything I've seen them. was always firing off me. from Florida. Yeah, because I think I'm that's like, where they of do all places. I think that's where they launch, and then they do all of the Mission Control and training. So I did actually see shit. I wonder which space. I did see a space shuttle. Mm-hmm. They had to break out a whole wall and build a whole separate structure just for the space shuttle. But it, huh. I'm telling you, I actually, if I can find the photos, I will post them yeah. with our drink. It's insane how big, like, their thruster jet things are yeah. on the back. Because there's a picture of me just standing there, and it's, like, two miles up. Yeah, you're, like a, like, a penny. I am. Really. I'm a teeny, <laughs> tiny little dot compared to it. It is really neat. Mark's never been to the Smithsonian before, and I would really... We should plan a trip. Hell yeah. We're gonna... Yep, we're gonna work on that. We're going we'll to get the Smithsonian. We're going to D.C. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I get so excited. I'm like, let's go to a museum, guys. I wonder if Dorothy's <laughs> shoes are still there. My sister mm. took me a few years ago before COVID. They were there when I was in high school. I saw that, and I saw the heart of the ocean. Well, they... I So, I guess they took Dorothy's shoes off of, like, off of display because they were, like, disintegrating because uh, of camera flashes and all the things. So, they sort of either refurbished them or put them in, like, a bulletproof, lightproof box or something. <laughs> But, yeah, we saw them right after they put them back out. I love Judy Garland. It was cool. Are you okay? Yeah. It's just chaos in this office. That's okay. It's all right. So, 2007. It's a a good time. Not a good year for Lisa. It was not a great time for me either. I graduated high school that year. There was a lot (laughs) happening. Mm -hmm. By the time 2007 rolls around, Lisa's affair with Billy O had cooled significantly. Despite this, Lisa made the decision to leave her husband anyway so she could be with Billy all the time. I think thinking that that would make him want it more, probably. Yeah. If I had to guess. You you might think. You can think whatever you want. Richard and Lisa separated in early January. So Lisa was very sure in her decision, like super sure. Um, Her family did not support her at all, though. They were not thrilled you know the whole you're breaking up your family and all that kind of stuff which in this case is true so she went as far as to write a letter to billy's mom during her separation with her husband basically stating how much she loved her son and really thanked her for supporting their relationship what lisa didn't know was that her boy billy was seeing another woman how rude well i mean you're gonna lose them how you get them True. So, I mean, I mean all, just because he did it with you doesn't if he mean he's not going to do it to correct. you. Correct. Mm. And I mean, they were not in, uh, and I think we mentioned it later, but they were not like in, in like, like exclusive. exclusive. Um, so, this is where Colleen Shipman enters the scene, you guys. She was an Air Force captain, but she worked as an engineer in Florida, and the two began seeing each other in late 2006. Smart ladies, though. 
I love I love all these strong, smart ladies. I will say that's part of why I was like, what would make a wonderful, high-achieving woman go batshit bananas? Yeah. Let's dig into that. You yeah, know? honestly, it's very that. Because at first when Sue's, like, suggested this case, I forgot that nobody like i just assumed that murder happened and i was like oh i didn't really realize this i was like but you know what this is very interesting anyways right it is because this is where things get just wild colleen was super uncomfortable with billy's relationship with lisa and she told him that she was not willing to commit to him in any way until he makes it clear that what he had with lisa was over you go girl because good for her Mm mm-hmm so, in mid to late January, Billy O finally breaks things off with Lisa, officially. Um, she had just left her husband for dude, and here he was <laughs> saying, like, no thanks, we can't um, do this like, anymore. Actually, mm-hmm. we're going to need to just be friends. Thanks, but no thanks. No more um, hanky-panky. Yeah. By outward appearances, she took the news really well. Um, <laughs> they remained friends. She even kept a bike at his place. They were training for some sort of marathon mm-hmm. or some kind of crazy Bike thing. Race. Yeah, which makes sense on paper. But, however, Colleen felt some type of way. And she basically was just like, hey, girl, Lisa, Can get, you get, your, get your shit, shit out, out of here. here. Like, it makes me uncomfortable. So Lisa did take her I thing. I get it. I mean, same. Like, I would not be okay with... Especially with how they got together. Like... Billy was obviously very honest with Colleen about everything. So, I mean, at least there's that. I just feel as though Lisa is bonded to Billy because of what they went through together. Like, the weird survival training and stuff like that. Like, I think she just sort of was like, and I'm now stuck to you like Lou. (laughs) One kind of theory, because you had said during, like, her shuttle mission that you were kind of surprised to hear that she wasn't very helpful and things like that because she's so driven. I wonder if... It was actually, yeah, like, she's she's really driven and she's going to be successful, but that's not always a super positive trait. Mm-hmm. Like, it can go to that extreme, whereas I wonder if that she was just like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and whatever I need to do. Like, it could also, narcissism could kind of be playing a role here. I, yeah. And it really makes me wonder, because of the way it escalates, mm-hmm. if maybe that was more... It might could There's be. just a lot happening because there's another bomb that's about to go off mm-hmm. in Lisa's life, which took place on the 29th of January. So this was just not a good month for her. Not at all. No, not in any way, shape, or form because NASA likes to make announcements and they made one where Lisa learns that she was not chosen for an assignment that she really, really wanted. So according to former astronaut Mark Kelly... Another woman was chosen over Lisa specifically because, quote, she was a team player and well-deserving. Nowak was not. So, I mean, oof. Big oof. So, instead of going back into space, Lisa got assigned to another position on the ground, which she was not happy about. She was so pissed. So, all of these things are literally happening within, like, weeks yeah. the same month like, like her boom, friend boom, her boom, friend boom. passes away like then she goes to space this is the high point she's not chosen her marriage broke up her relationship broke up like it's just like but on the flip side of everything it really makes you wonder how much how many of these things happen because of her choices 
Her marriage broke up because she was having an affair. Her marriage I mean, didn't just break up because, I mean, Richard... You do make like, your bed and then you're stuck with it, you know? what you know? I'm saying? Like, she didn't get chosen to go into space again because she was being a shit crew member. I feel like when you're in space, like, she could have very easily bonded to those people and she didn't, but instead right. she bonded... You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Who the fuck Curiouser and curiouser. Um, so... Here's where shit goes off the rails, basically. It seems like Lisa just sort of, like, loses her mind completely. 100%. During this. Um, she is told, again by Billy, that they're over, but it doesn't seem to sink in, so she continues writing him emails, and she keeps calling him incessantly. Um, he would go on to admit, after the fact, obviously, <laughs> that they would still spend time together, and that Lisa was one of quote, one of his best friends at NASA, end quote, and that while they had a relationship, she was never his girlfriend, you dirty fucking dog, you. Well, yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like to me, whether it was, like, understood mutually or not, he it made it sound as if, like, they were just really good friends before they went on this, like, survival right. training, and then, like, maybe the intenseness of what they experienced. So my opinion is that Applying for NASA is such a crazy hard thing that it just bonds you to people, sure. like, weirdly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, But it makes I, you I wonder that, like, again, why like, him, why? though? And also, why not the people she went into space with? Like, right? she did not share that experience with Billy. I'm just saying. He I was watch not... a lot of movies where people are sucked out to, into space and just turn into, like, shriveled up crew. It terrifies so. me. <laughs> <laughs> or like Princess Leia, they just float back in. Sorry if you guys haven't seen it yet. She, it's fucking horrible. The look horrible. she's giving me is so intense right now. <laughs> Anyways, Billy apparently only considered he and Lisa as being an exclusive item for a short period of time, but he, th in his opinion, I think they both knew what it was, yeah. quote unquote. Um, Colleen winds up confronting Billy about these interactions with Lisa, and she actually asks him, quote, is there going to be some crazy lady showing up at my door trying to kill me? End mm. quote. Dun, dun, dun. Women know. We know. I tell Mark. Y'all think you're so crafty, right. but you're not. Mark, it's not like hit on all the time, but like. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. My boyfriend's real cute. He's attractive. He's very attractive. I what like a him a lot. Man. <laughs> so he'll get like flirted with and I'll watch it happen because I, I trust my mans and he's not going anywhere. But like he has no idea that he was just flirted with. Like I have to explain it to him. It's or true. That, like, he does seem short, sort of, like, shell-shocked by it. He really like, does. like, wait, what? And I'm like, uh. Coming from the man who's like, I was never single longer than whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, now, in his mid to late 30s, he's like, what? I have to explain to him that women are nefarious and that they are not always up front. And they are my I, <laughs> I think it's cute. I'm glad he doesn't I, know. Same. I'm glad he pays no attention. If I had to pick, <laughs> this is what I would right. pick. But I'm just saying that men, like, are very delusional and sometimes it's not always intentional. Well, because of course, after Colleen confronts Billy, he's like, baby, no. There's Lisa no would never be like that. We're She's just, just not like that. Mm -hmm. We're just friends. Sure. Everything's fine. Sure, sure, sure. Women, sure. no. Mm -hmm. Women, like, I I get this vibe a lot. Like, there's, and, and we, we've talked about this several times. Like, there's a handful of people in my life that like I can't 100% click with and I don't know why because they're not like bad people right they haven't done anything 
bad, but there's just something that, like, I just can't get on board with you. I've learned to trust my gut. Mm -hmm. 100%. As you should. The plot twist to this whole thing is that Lisa proves to be very much like that. Oh, this bitch is so like that. Like, what? Lisa lets herself into Billy's home. She still has that key, y'all remember? Mm -hmm. And everybody at the apartment complex knows her because they've seen her coming and going before. So no big thing. Not not weird Mm -hmm. at all. So she just lets herself in and begins reading his personal emails. So I did a little bit of a dive into like how communication works when you're in space. And NASA basically has like this super private like encrypted server and you have certain people that is allowed to contact you while you are literally flying in space which is really cool i've watched a lot of horrifying space movies (laughs) that really have me traumatized about space i think it's real cool from down here right but like i have seen that before it's like weirdly encrypted and it's Mm -hmm. like it's basically like not like prison phone calls but sort of kind of it's like you have a list of like two which but with the i feel like the main difference is that in prison that your phone calls are being recorded whereas like with nasa like that's not really the case they try Mm -hmm. to according to them they try to give you privacy Mm -hmm. because they know that Mm -hmm. husbands and wives and girlfriends and boyfriends and girlfriends and girlfriends and all of the things are gonna be having some sexy time yeah and that's what was going on between billy and colleen (laughs) they would write one email if i remember correctly she wrote him like i can't wait till you get home first priorities i'm gonna rip your clothes off like yeah, there was scandalous emails. I mean, good for them, but... See, so I like the space. I can't remember if it was Mark Kelly. I think it was Mark Kelly. He has a twin brother that is married to Gabrielle Gifford that was the mm. congresswoman that was shot in the face. I can't remember. I know who you're talking about, but, but they're I can't twin think brothers. But the one spent almost over a year, I think, up in space, and he would always tweet oh, a picture yeah. from where he was on the International Space Station of Earth, I and it was that. the freaking coolest yeah. thing in the whole entire world. I was there every morning, like <laughs> I'm super grateful for the people who are willing to do this because I do find it super fascinating. I think my papa would get a real big kick out of how into it I am now as an adult. I don't want to do it. As a seven-year-old child, I was like, no thanks. But now I'm very interested. Hell yeah. So she's, Lisa's reading these emails and they're like really spicy and steamy. I like spicy. (laughs) They're very spicy. (laughs) And um, she's not okay with any of this. She's not happy. And I think that this is like that, the thread that the straw pulled. that broke the camel's mm-hmm. back this is what will. unravels the sweater. Yes. <laughs> so she becomes across, you know, the very spicy emails written between them. And then she proceeds to further investigate into these emails. She's like getting into the down and dirty details. Well, because I think once she clicked on one, being the type A kind of person she was, she was like, well, now I have to click on them all. Well, I think Do you know she what was I mean? I have like, to read it all now. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't stop now. I have to know all of it. Raised deranged we'll say deranged yeah that's better crazy mm-hmm. astronaut lady so she learns that colleen will be flying into orlando florida international airport on february 5th because billy o is based in houston and she is based in florida so they would take turns traveling to each other on the weekends and from what i was able to gather colleen was going home she was literally flying home from a visit in houston while this was taking place. And keep in mind, obviously, Lisa's in 
Houston. Correct. Because she's mm-hmm. in Billy O's apartment. Mm-hmm. So she prints out copies of all of these emails, of the flight information, of a map. Because that was like MapQuest was still a thing. She printed out a map of the airport, possibly like the parking garage, like the surrounding area, if I remember correctly. I don't. I was just in Orlando's airport in November, and I don't remember anything because I was. We went to Disney. I'm so shell shocked. I don't. I was going to say that was a long trip for you. Mm -hmm, Yeah. So she. It's not that confusing, but we also didn't have to go park anywhere. I'm sure they're expensive as freaking park. We weren't trying to stalk someone, right? So I mean, I think that's. The first thing. I just wanted to get through security without being bothered. Right. I want she, to get my parents through security. Hey, mom. <laughs> she <laughs> was not bothered by this, though, because this bitch packs a bag, and it contained quite a Among lot of Among other things. Latex gloves, a black wig, black pants, black gloves, and black sneakers, a pair of red-rimmed glasses, a tan hooded trench coat. It's almost like she was trying to disguise her appearance. A tan hooded trench coat. This bitch is so smart that she can go up into the space, and she doesn't know that that is the most obvious, like... Most conspicuous thing most you can Most conspicuous <laughs> thing you could do. Like, you are not a smooth criminal, lady. She also packed in this bag of goodies pepper spray, an 8-inch folding knife, a BB pistol with extra ammunition, a brand new steel mallet. She went shopping for this shit, and she brought rubber tubing. So, like, remember earlier, guys, when I said that her intentions were not good? This is how, this is what she was... This is how not good they were. (laughs) She was plotting and planning, and she wanted to hurt her. And so Lisa then drives from her home in Houston to Orlando with every intention to confront Colleen. The trip is 900 miles, and she drives it nonstop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about a person on the brink here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so as we already know, Lisa had staked out the terminal where Colleen's flight was assigned to, and she follows her into the parking garage. Under the guise of being a stranger who was abandoned by her boyfriend, Lisa tries to get Colleen to give her a ride. Obviously, it didn't work out. Um, and Lisa resorts to attempting to physically attack Colleen. Um, Colleen, after maybe getting maced in the face is able to drive to the parking lot attendant booth and the police are called from that point they arrive on scene a few minutes later and one of the officers actually sees lisa trying to shove a bag into a (laughs) trash can at a parking shuttle bus stop this made me laugh so hard come on I just envision her like one of those safety things with the small hole. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not meant to fit large items right, in, but if you like just take the lid off, you could do that and then yeah. put the lid. Mm-hmm. Smart lady, <laughs> but apparently not today. Um, she is arrested. The charges at this point were attempted kidnapping, battery, attempted vehicle burglary with battery, and destruction of evidence, I guess, because she was shoving shit in the garbage. She was literally trying to get rid of it, like in front of the police officers. I just. I feel like she could not look any more conspicuous. Well, and that's the thing. (laughs) And that's what makes me wonder, like, okay, did she, is she just a woman scorned here? I think maybe, because I feel like she has been showing, I feel like if you really dig into her behavior 
over the course of her life. Maybe it's not as idyllic as we are, you know, seeing on paper. Um, and so from every movie I've ever watched, it's really <laughs> hard to strive that hard for something you want and then get it and then get knocked back. Well, and it's also type like of thing. So I feel like she's just We've also, like a fly trapped against the glass. Mm, like Yeah. We've also mentioned, too, how, like, you can't be in, like, CEO positions or, like, certain, like, financial wealth positions without kind of being soulless. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if this, like, kind of plays to that, too. Like, you have to, you have to be able to go through some things being in the armed forces. Right. That changes people 100%. It's true. You know, who knows? We don't know details of what she saw or didn't see. Right. You know, I don't know. She's just... We don't know. Post-arrest, Colleen hand-wrote a request for a restraining order in which she references Lisa as an acquaintance of her boyfriend. So mm-hmm. notice how she didn't say a detail in there. <laughs> she also claimed that Lisa had been stalking her for two months up to this point. Now, Suze's research didn't show anything indicating that. I did a light surface sh- search just to see if there was any validity on the off chance that she already didn't. I didn't see anything, so we don't really know if that's true or not. Right. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, during Lisa's interrogation, she stated that she was involved with Billy. Lisa described the nature of their relationship as more than a working one, but less than a romantic one. I thought that was weird. I think it's weird, too. And it also makes me wonder, like, was she on the same page with him this entire time? Like, is his version of events the true version of events? I feel as though they may have had all of the talks that he said they had. Mm -hmm. I just think she agreed to things that she did not want to agree to. Or or she wasn't comfortable Or agreed and been like, once he gets with me, or once I leave my husband, or once Mm -hmm. this happens, once that happens. Which is a very dangerous mindset to have, I think, just generally speaking. like it'll change but it does it won't lisa come on girl i've been there girl you're an engineer what are you doing (laughs) right so since there was very elaborate planning on lisa's part and she was found with weapons like on her person at the time of her arrest police would recommend to the courts that she be remanded without bail so we're basically going to get into this like is all of the trial kind of stuff. Um, on February 6th of 2007, two astronauts actually appeared on Lisa's behalf during her initial arraignment. Um, one was Captain Christopher Ferguson. He was Lisa's naval commanding officer. The other was Stephen Lindsay. He was actually the commander of Lisa's space mission, which, I mean, that's got some tout. Mm-hmm. Am I right? For sure. Um, Lisa was granted bail at this arraignment. It was $15,500, but there were conditions. Um, she had to wear an ankle bracelet, basically, mm-hmm. with GPS. And she also was issued a no-contact order with Colleen. That tracks. I, yep, I get it. Um, before Lisa could be officially released, however, Orlando police decided to add a new, more serious charge, and bail was denied delaying her release um her lawyer thought (laughs) i find this so funny her lawyer thought that the orlando police department was basically just pissed off about the bail and that's why they added the extra charge i mean which i mean it could be true you know mark has a really interesting kind of point of view when it comes to um attempted murder like he's of the mindset that it should be charged in the same way as actual murder because just because you didn't do it 
Doesn't mean we didn't that, plan it out right. to try and follow through with it. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. And when he said that, I was like, that makes a lot of fucking sense. And so could it have been the police being pissy? Probably. I mean, maybe a little bit, but also... Does it fit? So after, during the second arraignment, basically, she's charged formally with attempted first-degree murder with a deadly weapon because she had knives and guns. She bought a brand new steel mallet. Mallets and all kinds of things. So basically, they add 10 grand more to the bail amount that they had already set. She does post bail. She is released with the conditions. She does plead not guilty because, of course, she does. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point, NASA's like, let us think on this so they take a break yeah they (laughs) place her on a 30-day leave february 8th 2007 lisa flies back to houston and she is immediately escorted by police to the johnson space center for a med and psych evaluation oh you can't have that bitch up in space being all crazy like i especially because if i was nasa i'd be like okay lady like what what's happening here <laughs> so i'm sure they have to follow a protocol if she's on their roster of people that could potentially go into space they have to find a reason to disprove the fact that she could potentially go to space yeah. i'm sure it's just checking boxes on their paperwork but still like yeah nonetheless it was done um february 15th of 20, 2007 colleen actually winds up dropping the request for a protective order there's no reason given it's mm-hmm. just sort of like Maybe because she thought she wouldn't get it, or I don't, I don't know. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those things where, like, you know, privilege is privilege, and it doesn't really matter that she is a woman. She's still a naval officer and an astronaut, and I could see how, even though Colleen was as well, I could see how she could potentially be like, it's not going to, it's not going to be worth it. Like, I assume I'm gonna assume Colleen knows how to use a firearm, so if it, if nothing else, she could protect herself. I would assume that as to well. To some degree, you know what I mean. Moving on to March seventh, Lisa gets formally terminated from NASA, and you guys, she's the first NASA astronaut to ever get fired. That broke my heart. Yeah, this whole case just really is just a hot mess. Express like this woman achieved all of her dreams, and then she let it all go for what? Well, especially because it's kind of seeming and as we go forward you see that like it doesn't seem as if billy did her dirty Mm-mm, not it, at it all really, I, I don't know if it was on her brain or what it really seems as if he was honest with her and i mean we've all been there like it does sometimes it doesn't matter like oh, how right? honest you are with somebody like their perception of what the situation is could it's still be different. different yeah but nonetheless she gets fired uh, people begin to question her mental health status and the selection process for astronauts. So now that's under a magnifying glass. And it actually comes out that it's part of the culture among astronauts to keep like physical and psychological issues on the hush hush, which I get it. It's like it's one of those things. I feel like it, may, it reminded me of like how people were with like COVID when like people are like, well, I have a trip coming up, so I can't. I can't say that. It made me think of um, the military. Like, oh, well, just pretend you're not gay. Yeah. Pretend you're not Like, don't ask, don't like, tell it's kind fine. of thing. I'm like, yes, that's a much better <laughs> okay, analogy. None of this is fine. Like, what? You're sending right. these people up into space. I've exactly. watched movies where people in space <laughs> go crazy. Granted, yeah. it's far in the future, but, like... But I mean, this is evidence that this could be a thing. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like, they basically say that they don't speak with, like, medical staff. 
because they're worried it could negatively impact their career and flight status, which, I mean, rightfully so, because it should. Hello. Yeah. Hello. NASA began a change of policies after this. So weird. They implemented, how, how weird and shocking. <laughs> they implemented, like, a lot, actually. And I'm going to have the short YouTube video linked in uh, the description area of this episode so you guys could watch it if you want. It basically, like, is a synopsis of everything we're saying in, like, 15 minutes. But he actually, like, goes through the policies a little bit more in detail. But basically, they added a new psychiatric evaluation practice... They added a astronaut code of professional responsibility, which wasn't there before. I think was basically like you need to tell us if like things are of, going yeah. wrong, like a code of honor and if like you a will. code of conduct. I feel mm-hmm. like too, like a morality thing, because yeah. like we saw with like the Navy and the military in general, like there is a morality code that you have to live up to. You can't be an officer and a gentleman. Correct. Guys. You must. <laughs> you must no. be an officer and a gentleman. <sighs> And in addition to this, they added behavioral health evals during their annual flight physicals, which, why wasn't that a thing? It should, it should have been a thing. This is the problem, though, with the mental health stigma and everything that, like, I mean, we've talked about it before. When people don't want to address the fact that mental health is something that every single human being deals with at some point in their life. If you don't don't personally experience it, you know somebody who has. You can't tell me that there's a single person on this planet right now, on this earth, the way that it is, with the exception of, like, preteens and under, who are not depressed in some way, shape, or form. I don't think they know it. They're just (laughs) trying to power through it, because that's what we're trained to do, Right, power through it. Exactly. Especially in the military, I feel like it's like, uh, don't get down, just run some laps, drink some beers, whatever. It, your Blow mental, off some steam. Your mental health, though, like, when that's done and and down for the count, it affects so well, much more. I don't more. want you people, no offense, I would not want to be flying a spaceship or right. shooting a gun. You I'm people not don't want mental me. space for yeah. that. You guys don't want me doing that, like, no. trust me. <laughs> I would crash it, probably, because I wouldn't know how to work it. But still, you know what I mean. I do. I get it. I don't want to. <laughs> I'll just watch it. It's fine. Right. <laughs> Um, so this brings us up to April 10th of 2007. Florida prosecutors are like, well, you know what? Let's just release more evidence. Cause Florida, man, what are you doing? <laughs> Y'all are Ever. nuts down there. Always and forever. Um, so apparently there's a handwritten note, handwritten by Lisa, on USS Nimitz Stationery. That's a big, uh, one of the big ones where they fly planes on Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Whatever those are called. You know what we mean. I know what you're talking about. Um, The handwritten note actually listed Colleen's flight information. There was another note that listed more than 24 items that would be needed for Lisa's trip. For some reason, there was a floppy disk. (laughs) I didn't think they existed in 2007, but I guess... No, they still did. Who knew? Computer... I thought it was... Computer towers and stuff were still built Wasn't it the hard ones, though? Not the floppy ones, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. In my brain, they're, like, one of the same, so I guess technically you're right. It's one of the things you have to put into a computer. Yeah. It's not a USB thing. <laughs> um, but it had a photo of Lisa in a bike race, but it also, <laughs> for no apparent reason, had 15 images of a still unidentified woman yeah. in various stages of undress slash bondage. <laughs> what? Well... Well, I think she was going to try and plant the evidence on somebody, but I don't know who or why. I don't know what. 
could that's even my theory. begin with all of that. Um, she also had a lot of cash on her. She had $585 in American money. She also had $41 in British money. Which, which random, but... Well, but 40, 41. I'm, I'm guessing that was whatever she could get for, like, 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Or $45, whatever the conversion rate was. So, then. like... Do you read this as, like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to kidnap this bitch and then we're going to go to to England? Because, like, that's what it read to me. Like, that was her I escape plan. I thought she was maybe, like, I'll just tie her up and leave her somewhere and then And then flee. I'll go to England. It was my thought. That also makes sense. That was my thought. Either way, I feel like that has to do with her like, Her escape plan, plan mm-hmm. definitely. She did also have four brown paper bags with 69 unidentified orange pills. She had two USB flash drives with her for what reason? I don't know. They didn't specify what was on the flash drives. Yeah, or if they were empty or not. I feel like the orange pills were likely ibuprofen or something like that. I'm doing a shrugging thing because I don't... (laughs) This this woman has just gone off the rails into crazy town. Mm -hmm. She's driven through crazy town and she's now at just batshit bananas at this point. (laughs) Like there's no, I can't figure it out. Yeah. Some of it makes sense. And then I read the next line and I'm like, what the frick? None of that makes sense. Yeah. And that's the thing that's crazy about this story. And it gets even more wild because I don't know. Have you seen the surveillance video? I have. I did watch it like Colleen. 27 times because it's, it's so fucking weird. It's so disconcerting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's so mm-hmm. weird to me that like we are at a point in our lives just as a society that things like the war between like Russia and Ukraine can literally get played out on like on our on phones. Tw- on fucking Twitter. Like we're watching it there are people, on Twitter and TikTok and There Instagram. are people live tweeting from Ukraine and I'm like what the frick is happening and like it's just crazy it's it's so unbelievable to me and so like I find it so disconcerting to watch footage where I know that the person in the video they don't know in that moment in time that they're being stalked by a person with a brand new steel mallet with that with calling the name on it like there's a whole series on ID that is just about people on surveillance footage I can't watch it. It makes me too nervous. It puts me on edge. We're going to talk about surveillance footage Mm -hmm. in our next case Mm -hmm. a lot, actually. So much. (laughs) So um, the reason I mentioned the surveillance footage is because that gets released on May 11th of 2007. And this shows Lisa waiting at baggage claim for over an hour and her, like, putting on the coat. So not only did she, like, like, be conspicuous as it was just wearing it, she put it on... Like, while she was waiting. Well, because that was going to be the deal breaker in her disguise. Apparently, Colleen's flight was delayed, like, an hour, or they lost her bag. They and lost, it came in mm-hmm. on the next flight. Yeah. So, it was like, she went to have food or whatever. And she Lisa's stayed in the like, terminal, didn't she? Like, for you, four hours? After 9-11, you can't go into where the terminals are without an actual boarding pass. Right. So, it's like, Lisa wasn't allowed in there, So, but you can go creep around baggage claim all you'd like. I remember when I had to pick up Mark from a flight, nobody stopped me or even asked me any kind of question, like... It was like two in the morning, and I'm just like I don't like think they care at that walking point. Walking in to when we flew back into Pittsburgh after Disney, there were just and it was cold. It was November, so it was chilly in Pittsburgh, and there were just homeless people sitting inside the baggage yeah. claim because 
and nobody nobody was hassling them god bless well, i was gonna say that's TSA for not bothering them but like they weren't hurting anybody they weren't asking for money they were just trying to not be cold yeah but this lady's very clearly being suspicious yeah like so, so suspicious. suspicious she is suspicious so she so suspicious <laughs> um so this brings us to i think may yeah well march sec- oh. mm-hmm. i think i wrote the wrong month within it's the next fine. few months yeah <laughs> florida files three additional charges against lisa or whatever they amend them i don't quite know how that works yeah. i'm not a lawyer but uh <laughs> it's attempted kidnapping with intent to inflict bodily harm or terrorize burglary of a conveyance with a weapon and battery um they actually declined the police department's recommendation of attempted murder which i don't know i don't think they could have proven it in one is why they didn't pursue it i was just gonna say that it's very obvious that like lisa's intent was to do bodily harm it would be very difficult to prove that she had a murderous intent. Right. But I think that it's I think it's fair to say that she likely wanted to do some severe damage. Yes. She wanted to take out her rival. Yeah. Because that's y'all. like what this was at this point. Like it was like a weird romantic rival situation, but only in Lisa's head. Yeah. Colleen already had Billy, so right. it's like I don't like, know. He what, had already made his he'd choice. He made it clear multiple times with Lisa and she just was not accepting the reality of it, I mm-hmm. think. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. So in August of that year oh the day before my birthday. I don't think I realized that before <laughs> when I was writing it. Uh, a trial judge I turned eighteen that year. <laughs> is way back in the day you know gonna drink wine because i'm really (laughs) old trial judge unseals uh documents indicating that the defense was preparing an insanity defense so they basically was just like yeah she's she's k razzy and lisa was evaluated by two psychiatrists and she actually did get a slew of diagnoses and so here we go she got ocd asperger's a single episode of major depressive disorder and a brief psychotic disorder with marked stressors. That's a lot. That all checks out, though. It does. It 100% checks out. I can see all of those things. Asperger's makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Especially with the not being helpful thing up mm-hmm. in space. Because you just not focus doing on something what you're supposed to do. That you're not explicitly <laughs> trained mm-hmm. on or asked to do. Yep, oh, yep, yeah. Yep. Um, so on August 30th of 2007, the judge actually allows the removal of Lisa's ankle bracelet. So they no longer know where this bitch is mm-hmm. at. Defense claims that Lisa was not read her Miranda rights before her confession took place. Which Even is, though she was literally caught in the act of yeah. doing things. But that's the thing, right? Like, that's part of the rub is that, like, as a police officer, it's your duty to, it's true. to do that. You have to make sure they understand. That's like me carding somebody when they sit at my bar and they look like they're under 40. It's just something you have to do, mm-hmm. whether or not you want to do it or... Well, you have to. If the situation is crazy, like, you still have to do the thing. And this is... this Everything that happens is kind of exactly why. Because, um... So the defense is claiming that her Miranda rights were not read to her before her confession took place. So that basically means that she was arrested and she was not informed of what her rights like what her rights are Mm -hmm. so 
that's not great. Uh, the defense was fighting for the confession and all of the other evidence from her vehicle to be dismissed. Which was literally all of the evidence, all of by the, the way. <laughs> and so the court would determine that the search and seizure of the vehicle was legal. So at least there's that. But Thank the God. confession was not. And Lisa was ordered to undergo two more psych evaluations. Because, of course. Um, so all of this is happening while Lisa and Richard are still finalizing their divorce. In June of 2008, the divorce is finalized, and for some unknown reason to me, she is given full custody of all of her children. Her husband had to have been, like, active duty still, or something had to have Or been on fire or something. I really can't think of a reason where they would not give him yeah. the children. Because from everything I've read, he was just a fine, upstanding member of society. He worked very hard. Mm -hmm. He cohabitated with his wife. They took care of the children until she just went crazy. She's like, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. done. I'm good. I'm gonna go over here and wreak some havoc for and take the kids with me. Okay, bye. Yeah, I don't understand that. I do know that a lot of the court system in our country, I can't speak for others, obviously, is pretty biased towards, like, siding with the mom. And in a lot True. of situations, I can see why you would default to that. However, women are capable of being shitty individuals just like men. So, the truth? <laughs> I mean, it's... It's Look a lot at of our cases. We have had a lot of horrible men, but we've also had a lot of horrible women. Mm-hmm. Ken and Barbie, mm. looking at you, Carla Homoka, you piece of shit. <laughs> Out there in Quebec, I see you. <laughs> um, so, in May of the next year, 2009, there's a report that leaks that Lisa is not actually claiming an insanity defense at all. Because this, again, was the time when People Magazine was like, crazy astronaut diaper love triangle, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It was just screaming from the headlines, yeah. so... Um, so this brings us to October 7th, 2009. The judge actually rules in favor of the defense in this case. Um, Colleen must submit another statement regarding whether or not she was actually sprayed with mace because apparently yeah. there was some questions Question. about these. <laughs> this. Um, the paramedics actually were the ones that raised the questions because they were like, you don't look like you've been sprayed in the eyes with mace because I don't. They would know. I've personally never been sprayed in the eyes with mace, but yeah. one of my former co-workers, Ashley Hagerall, oh, hey. was definitely sprayed in the eyeballs with oh, mace as her. part of her training for the police yes. academy. And she was that like, it right. hurt like a motherfucking son of a bitch. I couldn't see. I couldn't do anything except just stand there and like... Wait for them to throw milk I in I think she face. put milk on her eye, directly yeah. on her eyeballs, and even then it didn't feel great. So right. there are some people that are like, well, how would... Colleen drive her car to the parking lot attendant if she can't see and her eyes are on fire. Right. I've got questions. I don't know. Whatever. Um, if this did not occur, so the mace to the eyes, the defense actually wanted the assault and battery charges dropped before the trial was scheduled to begin, which was December 7th of 2009. But November 10th, Lisa accepts a plea deal. Dun, dun, dun. She pleads guilty to felony burglary and misdemeanor battery. She was sentenced to one year probation and time served with no additional jail time. She served two days of jail. Mm -hmm. Two whole days. Just Must day. write an apology letter to the victim. As if that's going to mean anything to I'm Colleen. Sure Colleen was, was like, let me frame it and put it up on the wall. And shoot it. <laughs> as with my guns, practice. right? <laughs> 
Um, so August 19th, this brings us up a year, 2010, uh, Naval Board of Inquiry decides to separate Lisa from the Navy, which is just a weird thing to me. Yeah. Um, it's an other than honorable discharge, which if we're reading our notes correctly, I think it's at the bottom there. Um, it's an administrative discharge where your command can essentially kick you out. You sign off on it, but it's done in lieu of a court-martial, which nobody wants a court-martial because they don't fuck around. You can't handle the truth, remember? (laughs) You guys know. Um, And she also uh, winds up being discharged with a reduction in rank, which means a lower... She still gets her motherfucking pension. It's Mm -hmm. just not as much, I guess, is... From what I understand. From what I meant, yeah. I mean, it basically comes down to the fact that, like, at the end of the day, legally, this case is also really interesting because she didn't physically harm Colleen. At the very worst, she sprayed pepper spray in her face. And even that's, like, up for debate. Right. So, I mean, like, what do you do in this situation? As the Navy, you have an officer who... Not a gentleman. On paper is not a gentleman, and they're not... It's so stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. If anybody yeah. out there is in the Navy, what the hell? I just really want to know. I have a lot of respect for our service members. While <laughs> oh, I might not necessarily agree... I have many friends that yeah. served, actually, in Iraq and I- Afghanistan, so I get it. It yeah. fucks with you, but, like... I don't always agree with the way that... I don't agree with the way they're treated in this country. They're, like, fake respected, and I have a big problem with all of that. But it has nothing to do with the actual people who are laying down their bodies. For sure. So I don't have to do that. Um, I could see, though, how the Navy and even NASA would want to distance themselves from the situation. Oh, for sure. Regardless. Especially NASA, because you don't want crazy people going into well, space. Well, she couldn't. <laughs> even, if, like, even if she didn't get, you know, I think that even if she came out not guilty... And did all of the things, like, that way. I think that... That would still be, like, the biggest red flag you could possibly put on somebody's her, file. Her career know. at NASA... It was done. And as so, soon as this And the happened. Navy, too. Because, I mean, you can't... You shouldn't be, like, psychologically harmful. Like, Girl, I'm just saying, have you ever watched any space movie where at least one crew member has not gone off the rails? Mm-hmm. You don't want that to be you? Right. You don't want her to... Let's just send her up into space. She's totally fine. What was that Sandra Bullock? The one where they were drifting out in space. I don't want to talk about it. I don't remember the name. I hated it. It was bad. I cried the whole entire time. It was stressful. I love Sandra Bullock, but that is a movie I never want to see again. Spoiler alert. George Clooney just floats off into space. So I was like, wait, what? And there wasn't a lot of action. It was a lot of, like, them talking about things. Well, because you know space is silent. Right. But I don't care for that. Listen, look, but I don't want realism they didn't, in my movies. They didn't judge okay. it like the Marvel movies with like pew pew right. and crazy shit they like should. that. They were just like, it's dead silent. I was like, well, this is fucking weird. It so was great. It was, I mean, it, I feel like it was made great. As he just turns into a potato and like floats off into space. <laughs> it was very I can't. disappointing. Hated it. Um, <laughs> so in March of 2011, she petitioned, Lisa petitions the court to seal the records of the criminal proceedings, citing harm to her family and their livelihood, and it was granted. Which is why we had such difficult time with some of this stuff. Yeah. Because while the case was happening, it was a lot of sensationalism, so mm-hmm. we had a lot of details from, like, 
the initial that, court proceedings, yeah. but like uh, the plea agreement and all that kind of stuff is secured, locking like, key. This is like, what it was, and yep. that's pretty much all we have. Yep. Um, so this brings us up to July 28th of 2011. Um, the assistant secretary of the Navy confirms the sentence of of her getting discharged, discharged and, like, and losing things, her like, rank and everything. Yeah. I guess this is a big deal because the secretary of the Navy is a big important person, as is the assistant to the secretary of the Navy. Right. <laughs> I think this was pretty much just like putting a bow on it. Well, because it, September 1st of 2011, they actually allow her to formally retire from yeah. the Navy rather than kick her out. So in my opinion, you're getting a good deal here. I oh, think. Oh, for sure. Because you can agree. still have your pension, which is mm-hmm. probably wonderful. You can still go work in the private sector, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Um, however... Her notoriety because of this case made it difficult for her to find work. Um, as of 2017, though, Lisa was living and working somewhere in Texas. Yeah, like, I It think. didn't really describe where, because obviously. <laughs> Not for the government, we right. know that. <laughs> right. Not for no, NASA. Okay, great. So, we're, there's a few, like, kind of random facts and um, a little bit of Colleen's aftermath that we want to talk about. Because um, that is important to the story. She is the vic- She is the victim yeah, in this. Yeah, and that's that's essentially where we're going to like end the case on, is just highlighting where she's at and what she's doing. Because that's what's important in this, is that we talk about her. So, Lisa was dubbed the astronaut by the media. This made me just laugh my face off. Yeah. Um, she they was just pretty nutty. <laughs> ran with the story. So... We've mentioned it a couple of times, this whole diaper thing, right? Oh, the diaper. The reason why she is mentioned in, like, pop culture and things like that, like, specifically the show we were talking about earlier mentions her because of the diaper thing. So, per Lisa's attorney, there were diapers found in her car. We know that there was diapers in the car. There is a lot of question as to what kind and for what purpose. But y'all already know... That she drove 900 miles without stopping. I can't drive to Pittsburgh, which is about a two-hour drive. I had to stop three times. Stopping at least once. (laughs) They said she didn't want to stop because she didn't want to be recognized at any of the rest Mm -hmm. stops. Because just in case somebody saw her, there was surveillance footage or blah, blah, blah. She didn't want to show up one way or another. So, according to Lisa's attorney... The diapers were in her car because years earlier, her and her family had to evacuate during a hurricane and her kids were still in diapers. So they had a shit ton of diapers in there. There was 30 unused and there was two diapers that were found in a bag like on the floor of the car. So Lisa admits to peeing on the diapers on the side of the road. When asked by a detective why she had the diapers in the first place, her response was, quote, that she did not want to stop and use the restroom, so she used the diapers to collect her urine. Which, I had heard some rumors she had some sort of space diaper mm-hmm. that you wear when you're out walking about on your right. spacewalks. Now, I wonder, and I honestly really feel like this is likely part of the sensationalism because... Oh, for sure. What is a space diaper, though? If anybody knows, not, I want to know. Have you not seen pictures of it? I don't know. Okay, it literally looks like if you were to, like, break your pelvis <laughs> and what you would imagine the cast to be, like... Kind of like shapewear, 
Hmm. You know what I mean? But like, diaper that's kind shaped? of like, yeah, honestly. The padded, like, diaper. Like, it's like shorts and it comes up to, like, your abdomen mm. area nope. and it covers mm-hmm. the whole thing. Okay, so part of the reason why we chose this whole diaper thing is because Sue's has recently been conned into being on the diaper train by my best friend. It's true. My best We're wearing friend, diapers Jen. in Vegas. Hey, Jen. Hey, girl. We are <laughs> planning a trip to Vegas for in two years. Jen and I will be turning 35 that year. We want a big trip. It's going to be a girl's trip. I'll be Mark. old. I'm just going. So well, Because why would we go without you? Because I want to wear diapers in <laughs> Vegas. So Duh. Jen's whole thing is that we're going to wear diapers so we can just drink our faces off. She literally sends us so many TikToks about so diapers and many stuff. So I've dubbed her the crazy diaper lady like in our friend group and now out of fucking Sue's used to be on my side and now I'm the lone one that but doesn't want to wear the diapers. diapers are where it's at. <laughs> maybe I need adult diapers. They make them all stylish now with like they roses do. and shit. Well they make They're like period ones specifically which I appreciate. I haven't period tried Period underwear but. are weird. I don't like them. Anything regarding mm-hmm. periods are weird mm-hmm. and I don't like mm-hmm. it to mm-hmm. be fair. But that's like the whole thing. So like it's a whole like inside joke in our little trio that we've got going on. But it's actually <laughs> it's because yes I did see the case when it came out but one of my favorite artists Ben Folds actually mentions wearing a diaper like an astronaut in one of his songs and I was like wait what? And I had to like go back and research it and I was like that did happen this lady allegedly because when the news first broke it was like she wore diapers and drove mm-hmm. from Houston to Florida to kill this lady and dirt to dirt to dirt like all, all this crazy stuff all it at talked once. about. it was really weird so anyways we digress. Diapers, diapers, diapers. Uh, 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 um, so we're going to get back to Colleen, who is the actual victim, who was actually traumatized by all of this. Mm-hmm. She was left with nightmares and dizzy spells after the attack. Um, she, as I stated earlier, carried defensive weapons everywhere so that she could feel safe. She did wind up marrying Billy O mm-hmm. in 2010, which was two years after she retired from the military. Um, they wound up moving to Alaska, and they had a son. I, he's got a weird name, mm-hmm. but it's fine. <clears throat> she actually began writing as a coping mechanism. She did publish a novel, which was, from what I read, available on Amazon. Um, it was published in December of 2015 under the name C.M. McCoy. Um they run a website that works with kids who want to write. Uh, she actually, Colleen, only gave one interview after the attack in 2016 to People Magazine, of all mm. places. Um, and this is a direct quote. She said, after the attack, I thought, I'm going to be okay, but it was never okay after that, end quote. And that just breaks my heart, because from all that I have read, this woman had a very stellar trajectory also, and yeah. she just left that all behind to live in Alaska and live sort of a peaceful life because yeah. she felt safe there, which is terrifying. PTSD is a, a real thing. Itch. It is so difficult, and it impacts you in ways that you don't Don't even understand. think about, yeah. Like, when I was in high school, I was really jumpy, and I would get scared easily. I still am, but like... I remember very specifically working at Wegmans in the sub shop and one of my coworkers coming around the corner and I literally screamed like somebody was murdering me. <laughs> and all they did was walk around the corner and say oh, my name. No. And that was kind of the moment where like the light went off in my grandma's head and she was like, okay, there might be like something happening. So it's, it's just a really difficult thing to deal with and it 
generally doesn't go away. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you learn Ever. how to deal with the triggers, and you learn how to recommend, like, recognize them. And, like, them we and make light of it, but this was an actual thing that happened to this actual woman, and right. she is actually traumatized by it. Very so we're not so. making fun of that at all. It's no. And what made me want to talk about this case, I... I've mentioned it a couple of times. I listened to a Greek mythology podcast. It's called Misunderstood. And if you like mythology and hilarious humans, go listen to it because <laughs> it's great. I really enjoy it. They're making more episodes finally. I'm really excited. Yeah. Anyways, one of the hosts, Sarah Oliver, she made a comment about how women in Greek mythology, they only have like three storylines. You're either like woefully depressed over a man. You either are like this horrible, horrible woman or you just get murdered. Or, like you have no storyline and you just like die basically, right. which is true. Like, Greek mythology is not great for women, but th- this kind of made me think of that, because it's like, we find there's finally somebody who, like, could have been a really great role model, who could have really been, you know, a, the picture-perfect, like, women are able and should be in these Look positions. Yeah, very thing. rosy yes. with the bitter, we can do it right. kind of thing. And because of a man... Like, because she lost her mans, like, she's... (laughs) I'm just gonna say it. Ain't no dick that good. Right. I'm just putting that out there. You want to go to space or you want to have a wiener? I don't... I really just... I would choose space, I think. Like, the choice, I I think... Right. (laughs) She worked her whole life for that and gave it up for... For what? For for nothing. And, like, Colleen is completely innocent in the situation. She did nothing to deserve it. She's just the innocent bystander that's the casualty of it all so i just find it really curious i really enjoy learning about like strong women and i think that colleen is a perfect embodiment of that also um at the time of her incident she was actually asked about the diaper thing and her response ever good for was her. amazing <laughs> she said quote i don't mean to be offensive or anything but that's pretty superficial the woman committed a crime, and the headlines are saying that she wore a diaper. She was going to kill me. It was in her eyes, a blood-chilling expression of limitless rage and glee. And glee, though. Well, and that's that just it. Me. Like, so Lisa completely, like, went off the rails. Like, while we spent, you know, the last hour and 40 minutes talking about all of her accomplishments, we also talked about how she, like, completely just, dis- like, devolved mm-hmm. into this crazy person who thought this was all right. And in that same interview that Colleen did with people... The only one. She admits to still having anxiety. She still looks over her shoulders a lot. She didn't leave her home for six months after her attack, which makes me so heartbroken for her. She's always armed, and she's so easily scared and jumpy, just like me. I can take comfort <laughs> in, at least she knows how to operate a firearm. Yeah. and well, She's and like, not just some crazy person who wants, not crazy, but like scared person. Yeah. Who wants to protect themselves and didn't fall through like, with like the Rose training. She's not like Rose Nyland up in this bitch. <laughs> you shot my thoughts. My thoughts. I just watched that the other night. It's one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> um, so actually, when Billy and Colleen got married in 2010, Billy did wear a NASA flight suit. Um, she says still that he is the best husband ever. Um, she wouldn't say that she's happy this happened to her, but she is happy. She is happy with where she is at in her life. I guess maybe it sort yeah. of makes you do like a reckoning. Like, do I want to work forever and strive and strive and strive? Or do I want to just... Take yeah. a breather kind of thing. And, like, this makes me wonder, too, like, how how much of a role did Billy really play in this? Like, I really think that Lisa's psyche, like, Lisa was the 
aggressor. Well, I think at it was point. the stress of being a single parent. Her friend passed away very tragically. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, her husband went away and then wound up leaving her mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, it, And then her boyfriend left her, and then she was passed up for a promotion. It was just sort of a big... And the perfect storm. Storm cloud mm-hmm. of just... Oh no, not good. And, and she didn't know how to handle it because everything had come up roses for her before right. this. And that's the thing that makes me wonder, like, how much of her personality, like, is there a personality disorder lurking in there? Like, who knows? Because unfortunately, and we see this all the time with cheaters, like, people always go out after the affair partner, not the person who actually has like the loyalty to you in the relationship. Like, are is the affair partner like a great person? Probably not. No. If they know no. about you, they're shitty. If they don't know about you, they're a victim just as much as you are. Oh, like, for sure. But this is a, a, a classic case of a woman scorned. Hell hath no fury. I just, I, I think it was just her high achieving, like her rocket was going up, if you will. Yeah. And then it just sort of went. And Piece of fart and yeah. off the bipod. Yeah. She didn't explode. She just broke apart, like, yeah. a lot. I hope that her kids are living a good, happy life. I hope that Colleen... Colleen is living out in Alaska with her husband and her son, and I hope she continues to have a good and happy life. And if nothing else, I think this is a really good example of what not checking in with your mental health can do. I am very happy that NASA has adjusted their psych evals mm-hmm. and stuff like that because mental health is just as important as yeah. your physical health. Oh, for sure. Anybody that says otherwise, you're just freaking delusional. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, you guys, I've shared enough by this point. Like, you guys know how much, like, mental health wellness means to me. And so I definitely, any chance we get to highlight that, I definitely want to do so. So while we left through a lot of this it is a very serious crime Mm -hmm. she did try and hurt somebody we don't know what her intent was but it wasn't great everybody's suffering after this so but unlike a lot of our cases everyone is still alive nobody died so i'm gonna take that as a we'll take it as a win yeah (laughs) so that is that you guys uh we would like to thank you so much for joining another episode of crime and spirits we hope you're loving it so far we're loving it we're liking it. It's great. No, we're loving it. We're, we're loving, loving it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we are available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor and Spotify, and a few other places where podcasts can be found. Please rate and review us. Please. We've gotten three. I'm pretty sure at least one of them is me. <laughs> but who knows? One I did it as an experiment. <laughs> we needed to see what it looked like on our side of it's things. True. So um, I would always give us... Tens across the board. Tens, tens. Um, So, yeah, if you guys really like what we're doing, please leave a little little word of encouragement. It ultimately is going to help us get found easier and help us be able to justify doing this some more. Because if you've heard the ad, you know we've monetized our podcast. Ever so slightly. We make one penny every time you guys listen so all of you out there we thank you we love you honestly like we're really excited this has been a lot of fun and we're we're really having we're having a really good time putting this together so we really like to continue um if you guys have any feedback like let us know what it is we are trying to grow every single week so we'd appreciate that suggest a case or a cocktail or an ingredient or just say hey girl hey like literally anything 
Because, like we said, the Bloody Mary actually came from a listener suggestion. Yeah. So we are we are you, listening to you. You, you ask, uh, we will make it happen. You will. You will, you shall receive. It's true. We're here for you. We are on all the social medias. Every Friday we post our shopping list. Every Sundays we post the the actual recipe, and uh, yeah. So please tag us if you sip along with the drink, or you just kind of like hang out. Whatever, we don't care. I don't care if you're opening up a PBR. Tag us. Yeah. We want to see you enjoying a PBR while you're enjoying. Are our you drinking podcast. a Coke? That's mm-hmm. cool too. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. care. Get your water with cucumber. I see you staying hydrated. Yeah. It's hot as fuck out. Ugh, Do it, it really is. And speaking of, we're going to go because yep. it's too hot in my damn office we're right so now. We're so damp right so now. So thanks so much, and we love you, and bye. Bye.